we go. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Wednesday. It's a Wednesday. Yeah, I think Wednesday. Yeah. That's when we put these up. It's, it's usually a Wednesday. Yeah. Happy Wednesday. Enjoy. I hope it's been a nice day. It's, it's been warm. It's about to get a whole lot Nintendlier. Nintendo. It's, it's get your uh, daily scoop of the Nintendo Power update. <laughs> we haven't recorded in a while. I'm really enjoying the, uh, the sound of my voice in a... Uh, in a nice podcast setup. It's uh, these are great mics, by the way. <laughs> Good afternoon. Hey, yeah. All right, so let's uh, let's actually let's actually move forward here. Hey, I'm welcome gonna... to our podcast. It's the now it's... you're playing with podcast. The podcast. Boom. Uh, yep. I'm Brett. You know, I'm a little little writing boy in L.A. I'm Weston. I'm a great big writing boy. Hey, it's a big... <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm a I'm a big guy. <laughs> <laughs> he's he's uh I'm full of words he just can't stop um yeah and so this is a podcast where we go through all the nintendo power magazines we're slowly waking our way up i think we're like it feels like we're making progress to be honest like it kind of i feel like i'm starting to get like knowledge on a very obscure thing at this point <laughs> i it's been really fun watching uh games publications like games magazines in the u.s actually become a thing again in 1988 and 89 yeah because we're literally coming from zero we're watching nintendo of america learn how to make magazines totally like i i it is fun uh i i kind of i haven't done it yet i know we like first did like a test episode with like a future issue but i like i i want to i want to like go to issue 100 and just see how different it is because i can't imagine all this is gonna stick yeah, once they sand the edges off, it's going to be way less fun. That's yeah. what I believe. There's a lot, and they're already, like, every issue, I swear, they, like, change so much format up. Like, it's every issue, they're like, all right, well, let's uh, let's just change it. Let, let's rearrange the order of everything. Let's make this longer, this shorter. There, uh, there was rest produ- in peace, Captain Nintendo. <laughs> so the composer who did our opening theme song, Games Cameron. <laughs> hey, the legend. <laughs> The man, the legend. Um, I, I just told him, I was like, by the way, I need you to redo all the interstitial things you did because now, I, I guess he'd done them in a musical order. So it's like a musical phrase if you listen to them all back to back. If you um, for, listen to what? Oh, like, you know how when um, like a, a segment plays, you know, the dun, 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 Yes. Dun, dun, dun. Those go in order. Which I didn't realize until he told me, and I went and listened to him. I was like, "Oh, well, now they're all out of order because the last one is now first. And <laughs> yeah, apologize, apologies to Games Cameron. Sorry, Games. <laughs> um, yeah. All right. Well, this episode, this um, well issue is issue uh, and episode. Issue and it's everything because we're it's still one to one. You know, we always start with like a big game being highlighted, and we've got the legendary Mega Man Two. Are you serious? I've never heard of it. What is? I it, I'm just joking. We were playing this like five minutes ago. This is 
Wait, one of the all-time best NES games? One yeah, of the best I'd games say ever so. made? Like, yeah. uh, I think also going in these early issues, for me, you know, I didn't have a ton of childhood like time playing the NES. Uh, you know, I had newer, fancier systems when I, when I was a kid. Uh, but Mega Man is uh, one of the few that I have like a distinct memory of and enjoy. Yeah, yeah. And that, that would bring us to... The cover. Yeah, so we're on the cover. Mega Man 2. You see, it's, it's so good. You had to do it's it It's another miniature cover. I So you've got... It's uh, it's dark. It's moody. Dr. Wily is there in some kind of contraption in Mega Man, uh, who is in hot dog mode. That's when you uh, defeat Hot Dog Man and get a... Ketchup and, no, I'm... Uh, I actually don't know from Mega Man 2 which suit he's wearing, but it's red and yellow. It's red and yellow. Oh, man. If there was a hot dog... That would be... Hot Dog Man. It, whatever, whichever Mega Man has Hot Dog Man. Um, you have to fight through a baseball um, stadium to get to him. <laughs> um, his, his, uh, his, uh, the gun that's really good on him is the ketchup gun. Yeah. Right? Because you don't put ketchup on hot dogs? What would be... In a, in a Chicago-style dog, at least, right? Oh, Do you know about that? Yeah, I, you, I have heard... I don't think I truly believe in that philosophy, but... Uh, I, I have never... I think I've only been at the airport in Chicago. This is a thing I do not know, so I think you are better equipped to... Is that only a Chicago... Is there, like... Does that not ring any bell for you, to uh, uh, ketchup not belonging on hot dogs? That's pretty standard in Texas, where I'm from. Really? Just... And I feel like Dodger dogs, like the bacon wrap hot dogs they have out here in L.A., are... Those are... You put ketchup on those. I mean, huh. what you really want is, like, onions and jalapenos and stuff. Uh, oh, don't even... I honestly might go get some hot dogs after this. Get some relish. Let's mm. just pause the recording and leave right now. <laughs> uh, we'll yeah, take a nap. Just Chicago. We'll... <laughs> yeah. Like, I guess Chicago just, like, gaslit me into thinking that was, like, how hot dogs are. My understanding of Chicago dogs is that everything but ketchup goes on a, like, yeah, Chicago... Oh, yeah, yeah, it's, like, literally everything but ketchup. I don't... Because there's, like... I wonder if I like put ketchup on it if it minced would be. ginger <laughs> yeah. and yeah, uh, a piece of uh, the flat rice noodles, a piece of the Sears Tower. <laughs> <laughs> it's not a real- <laughs> or the Wilson Tower now. Uh, that took like twenty seconds to get to. I'm so embarrassed. Was that for my Sears Tower uh, comment? Yeah, that was funny. <laughs> hey, thank you. Congratulations. <laughs> um, all right, so. Yeah, just a cool Mega Man 2, um, a little oh, hot dog action. This is also an anniversary issue. Oh, 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. We can get cra- crazy. It's, it's, it feels like the beginning, but it's, it is not the beginning of Nintendo. They have, they've been uh, doing Nintendo. Yeah, this, this issue actually, there's, there's two anniversaries. One is the year anniversary of Nintendo P. Oh, is that what you're referring to? Yeah. So, oh, so this has been a year of Nintendo P. Oh, great. But there's also for them. There's a little preview, but I believe this is also Nintendo's 100th anniversary. Yeah. Okay. Well, you know, we're spoiling it. We'll, we'll, we'll jump into that little spoiler. But yeah. Please don't leave. I don't think we're going to have much more to say other than, I, I guess Nintendo was around that lot. <laughs> Nintendo's 100 years old at this point. That's crazy. They used that, to make playing cards. And there was that... Uh, playing cards and like um, uh, some sort of like... The thing where you could shoot the clothes off of a lady. They didn't release that. Yeah, is that I didn't. I never heard about that. There's like a um, YouTube. Okay, so good on. Good uh, on uh, I'd say also good on like okay. Well, Nintendo you know, for making a game where you can you can shoot the clothes. No, <laughs> I, I I've got comments. I should probably save them for the actual section. One one thing I also want to say about this cover is in the tradition of cool Nintendo Power practical covers from this era. These are like little clay kit bashed figurines on the cover. Yeah, 
And I believe uh, dude over at Art of Nintendo Power has this Mega Man. I don't know that he has, doc- he has Dr. Wily, which is a shame because I really want to see this, this little Dr. Wily guy because he looks amazing. Yeah, no, it's, a, it's, it's cool. I, anytime they do like a little like minifigure thing, that's um, going to make me a happy little, little dude. All right. Yep, going in. I think unless you got you got anything else, we we good to jump. No, I, yeah. I mean, my main thing is I want this silver space jacket on the inside cover with the advertisement. Yeah, very feels of a of a time. I feel like is that in style anymore? Like futurist? Like I feel like there was a time in the like, world like a, a shiny where anything that looked kind of futuristic was like kind of in style. Like a car that was like this looks like it was out of a sci fi novel or clothes that looks like out of. Is that a real thing or am I just making yeah. that up? Was that a thing that like, is there a time period where that was like kind of a style? I think so. I, th- I think in the eighties you had like yeah. a NASA fever thing and yeah. this feels like it, it, it looks like uh, insulated space material that this guy, this guy's wearing a jacket telling you to uh, get your friends in on Nintendo P subscriptions and they'll give you a little uh, enamel pen. It looks like that says Nintendo power on it. And, uh, He's wearing this great-looking silver jacket with an embroidered N- Nintendo logo on one of the pocket flaps. And, yeah, oh, and there's something on the shoulder. It says, like, Team something, but it's covered by the Zelda 2 issue of Nintendo Power. Boom. Link, get out of the way. I want to see what he's wearing. We're missing some crucial details here. We could probably buy the jacket off of this guy if we can find him. Probably, yeah. Because he's going to be, like, how old is he in this picture? Like, 20-something? I feel like any costume I've ever owned ends up like real as deep into my closet as possible. <laughs> like, it's out in his garage underneath a truck. Yeah, like it's like somehow every like costume I've ever like a Halloween costume I like have gotten. It's like somehow in my closet, but it's also like in a chest that's like got five locks on it. <laughs> <laughs> You can have my jacket, but you gotta solve these yeah, that, riddles, kid. That's a escape room scenario. Bring, bring me a case of Olympia beer. You just gotta get a beer. Oh, a case. A whole case of beer. Yeah, for the jacket. If it were me and I was an old man who had this jacket and I knew these a, podcast kids wanted it. Well, just a case of beer. Kids. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's a fair trade. I'm in. That's a cool jacket. And then here's a table of contents where everything's out of order and nothing makes sense. Yeah, it's pretty wild. And uh, then we get into. Uh, mailbox <laughs> and not even just that but the mailbox and video spotlight the power players are now merged into they've both been put downgraded them right up, yeah put them right up front instead of at the very end and it's shorter too they're, so yeah they're the same they're in the same spot and rather than being two pages each they're both one page i wonder it's crazy that they are like which you know honestly if i was like as a podcaster this is probably sometimes the more interesting thing to comment on but as a reader like as a kid if I was a kid reading this, I wouldn't give a I wouldn't give a hoot about the mailbox or video spotlight. I I, I'm just looking for Mario. Yeah, no, I I totally did not. When I was reading these as a young, I did not care about any of the. I don't remember any power players I read about. Yeah, I might have vaguely remembered a letter that I read. And like the only cool thing would be is like if you were a kid and you sent one of these letters. Like it would be really cool to have like you be in it. But otherwise, I don't see. Uh, the appeal to a child here. So there is one letter that I wanted to point out here, and that is uh, Nintendo lying to these kids again. It says, so this is Jackie Verbin in Albuquerque. Quirky? 
where Bugs Bunny should have taken that left turn. Uh, I've been wondering some things about NES characters. How old are Mario and Luigi? Do they have a last name? Are they twins? When is Link's birthday? How old is he? Did he marry Princess Zelda? Nintendo says, we wish you could answer all these questions, Jackie. But the, first, but the fact of the matter is that some questions simply don't have answers. And that is a bald-faced lie. <laughs> because not only... So some of the answers to these questions we only know now. Like, we know Mario... Mario's like, what, 28? That got established recently. Oh, really? Is there... Uh, like, are these... Okay, because, like, in the Mario movie... Mario's, Mario's like 70. Mario. It's like Mario. It's Bob left. Hoskins. Yeah. Yeah. So like. And what, John Leguizamo's like 18. <laughs> what counts as canon? Yeah. So, I mean, and in that movie, they established that their last name is Mario, but that movie hasn't Which come is, out there's yet. There's no way. Point. Yeah. There's yeah, no way so. that's the answer. Mario, Mario, and Luigi Mario. <laughs> Why are you asking me these stupid questions, kid? Uh, so, and there are other things that we know, like later in the issue, I'm going to spoil more stuff later in the issue. Let's just talk about the end of the issue where they, they, announced the coming uh, Mario Brothers Super Show cartoon and live action thing. And then when that show was on, Monday to Thursday, you got Mario Brothers. Friday was Legend of Zelda. And they established Zelda and Link's age. Oh, do they? For the cartoon. Yeah, it's in this issue. Oh, what's the right? It, I don't remember. I mean, it's, it's like Link is like 16, Zelda's 18, something like that. It's, they it's make, an adventure time dynamic. They had to make Zelda 18. Yeah, and that's why he's... It also explains why he's such a dick to her all the time. <laughs> yeah, he's not He's not the nicest dude in that. Um, Excuse the, the, me. I, 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 it blows my mind that that was like a catchphrase of his. Um, I also want to mention that they vaguely allude to um, old Nintendo games that you would put 3D glasses on for. Oh yeah! For this arcade cabinet, they like a guy like built like an arcade cabinet. Uh, that's you know kind of really just a Nintendo and an arcade cabinet. It actually looks pretty cool. But they uh, he mentions uh, he's got 3D glasses for the 3D Nintendo games, and I looked oh, it up, man. and there's like yeah, you know like those old like one lens has uh, blue, yeah, and then one lens has red. That was 3D back then. Yeah, they, it was bad. For, like some Nintendo games would utilize that like. Uh, Do you remember what game? 3D. I don't remember any 3D uh, Nintendo there's games. There's like three of them um, that it's I saw. Always like two or yeah, three. Yeah, like three. And Are any good? And I'm sure it's like an absolute failure. <laughs> <laughs> I remember like, I, I can't remember what magazine it was because I can't really remember what magazines I subscribed to. But I, I do remember, I got a very distinct memory of getting a magazine that was like their 3D issue. And the whole issue was in 3D, and you put 3D glasses on. Uh, do you... Wait a minute. I have a question that... Th- this will... I'm, I'm just curious. Do you, do you know what magic eyes are? No. Okay. Th- that was a late 90s thing. So you would have been like two, but those were a very big deal in the 90s. And those are computer-generated 3D effects where you cross your eyes a certain way. Oh, th- 3D magic? I Yeah. Oh, you do yeah, know what that like, is. It's like okay. when you look at... It's like the magic eye. It's like it'll be like some picture that's really just... Nothing. It looks like almost like a like it looks like just a very colorful barcode. Like it's just nonsense. It's like some yeah weird. And you cross your eyes and you can vaguely kind of make out a shape. You, oh, you can. There's a skill curve there. Excuse you can, me. You can get good at. <laughs> you can get good at those. I got to the point where I could just like nail them and like they get pretty. They're pretty cool when you can when you can hit them. But I always found that like the picture was not that detailed. Yeah. Well, I don't know, man. I I had a book of them and I was. I, I like and again I think it was fun because there was kind of a skill curve because you really do you have to learn how to like cross your eyes in a specific way yeah uh, to get 
the image to pop out, which is cool. I, this is a. I'm glad those are still around. Although I haven't done one in like 20 years. Man, you're you're making me want to. Those 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 are great. We're gonna go get some Chicago dogs and look at some magic eyes. Um, by the way, okay, I'm not done being angry about the lies they told to Jackie because there's one other here. Yeah, I mean they suck. Uh, I'm gonna be honest. <laughs> So when is Link's birthday? They're like, no one will ever know. But they put his birthday in a calendar that came out like five issues back. That weird calendar that had like Charlie Sheen and Bette Midler's birthdays in it. it no, it really feels like their answers, they're like just covering their, they feel like they're like real corporate responses. Like they can't actually say anything without like getting in legal trouble. So they say nothing. Like yeah. every, everything they ever like respond to, they're like, I don't know, man. And like. They like they always like give like really like is it safe quick- to take my Nintendo into the bathtub? We can't recommend that. Boring. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. They're just like I don't know. It just it feels like they're not answering like in a way that's like which is kind of crazy. Like I feel like if you're answering like fan letters, like the to answer it in such a corporate like cover your bases kind of way feels pretty lame. I got so good at Nintendo tapes. That I could like hit a home run every single time, and then a kid tried to bully the other kids and me that were at the sandlot playing ba- baseball, and I beat that kid until he ran away, and then uh, he gave me all of his Nintendo games. Is this is a kind of letter? And then they, at the end, they'd be like, "Wow, great story, man!" Yeah, they <laughs> just like pretend they didn't hear it. <laughs> don't don't swing bats at other people. Don't swing only bats at, at other people. Only at softballs um, and baseballs. Yeah, I, I. Whoever whoever's answering these doesn't have um, doesn't, just doesn't have the magic that I need. All they had to do was maybe they don't have the calendar anymore either because there was a letter in a previous issue where it's like, can I get that calendar? And they're like, no, no, you cannot. Yeah, well, I just feel like they they printed them and and then they all forgot about it. It just seems like they're playing it way too safe and they're just like worried about like, well, if we say this and it's wrong, then everyone's gonna not like us um it's wild that they do that and then they print howard and nestor every issue yeah well and yeah it's crazy that everything in this uh, magazine is shrinking except for howard and nestor like that <laughs> is becoming bigger and bigger yet everything else is getting smaller which you know i guess i don't know we'll we'll see uh you you ready for some power players yeah i i gotta say i feel really represented by this batch of power players because we have our first elderly power player oh do we Chuck the Wiz Burks, he's 36 years old. Oh, yeah, he's got a kid. Look at it. Look at, look he's at got it. a kid strapped to him. Yeah. He's <laughs> and he, and in the background of Chuck's pick, uh, he has beaten Super Mario Brothers 2. That is the windscreen of Mario snoozing. Good for him. His little Mario cap. Look at that. Yeah, I forgot that, like, I don't know if this is actually true or not, but I feel like there was a little bit more of, like, uh, uh, a culture of people like beating games and like sending, taking a picture when they beat it than, yeah, than nowadays. Cause like maybe it's because you're, you don't really get anything for beating a game or like, I don't know. But like, I remember like my grandparents like videotaped them beating Ocarina of time and really, yeah. And I just feel like this older phase is, it just seemed, I don't know if this is true or not, but from my, from my like, pers- not perspective, but from, from I, for some reason I feel like there's a l- level of like, it feels like if you beat a game, you want to share it with everyone. Because this is—it's also the era of the VCR, where it's like, yeah, oh, that live live action stage production of Peter Pan with what's her face is on. I guess we better tape it so that for the next twenty five years, kids and grandkids have something to watch at the house. 
Yeah. And that was how people watched. Whereas now, <laughs> you know you beat a game because you get the achievement for it. Yeah, you get your, you with, get your gold. With some games, like Destiny, my part-time job, you have the ability yeah. to buy beanies and other pieces of clothing only if you've accomplished certain things oh, in really? the game. Okay, that's there, fun. There's a beanie I'm thinking about getting. But I got to work more at my job to be able to get it. <laughs> I have to do yeah. I mean, that's all. Did you ever play RuneScape? Mm, very briefly. Yeah, I guess um, that was pretty big, like in high school or middle school for me. And um, all I wanted was a ring of stone, and it's a ring you put on and you just turn it into stone. Uh, and you could, it was like a kind, piece of merch you could get. Yeah, a piece of merch. Yeah, and it was kind of a kind of like, hey, look at look at me. I can I can be stone, and no one else can. Here's my okay. I have a question for you. So you see me wearing a beanie that kind of. What does that beanie look like? It like fades from like purple to black. You know, it's a nice, it's a nice looking beanie and maybe there's a very tasteful, tiny little destiny logo on it. Wait, it, it fades from purple to black? Yeah. It, like a color fade. Like it, uh, uh, not, not like the whole thing changes colors when I want it to. Okay. Or when it gets oh, warm so this or cold. Is, this is an actual, this is an actual product you're talking about. Bungie, I believe, doesn't Blizzard do this too, where if you've done certain things in a game you have the ability to buy specific items oh, i was picturing this to be in game i thought it was no. like an in game brag which is is would makes more sense oh so it's literally like a piece of merch you can only buy yeah if, wow so okay so i show up and i'm wearing merch that means that i did a seasonal okay let me just ask you what i wanted to ask you first and then i'll provide some context is that super lame to so I show up and I'm wearing the purple beanie <laughs> and you're one of the few X hundreds of thousands or millions of Destiny players that knows that you you had to do the exotic quest for this season to get that thing. And it, it's a little bit hard, but it's not like I was the first person ever in the world to beat a raid. Yeah. Is that lame? Um, it sounds kind of lame. <laughs> uh, well, it's tough. So I got a couple things on that. Number okay. one, if you went in real cocky and you were like just bragging to everyone... Like if every if I every conversation I ever heard, you we're, had, we're at a house party. Yeah, we're standing at around the fire. Like every time I'm around and I see you or or I'm overhearing you, and you're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I got this uh, beanie because I'm. I point at I'm, it with two thumbs. I'm the king of destiny, and be like, "Where's your beanie? Where's your beanie? Do you have, do you have a beanie that uh, uh, shows off your accomplishments? You don't. Oh, yikes. That's 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 sad. <laughs> this, this version, <laughs> if, that, if that was you, the entire party, the version I would respect of, that. I, you would would respect that. I would, yeah. That's but that's so late. I'm in for that. What I'm describing, it's not that hard to do in the game. <laughs> it's like a few hours of work, and everybody's going to do it. Yeah. So I mean, more of making a joke of it. Like, it, so I mean, I feel like like I always get excited um, uh, if I see someone have like a piece of Earthbound. That's one of my favorite games. Yeah. And if I see someone have like a little Earthbound thing, and I'm like, oh, a little like Earthbound pin. On there, which like it's that's a game that's like a cult, so there is like a lot of merch. I got a nest tattoo on the side of my neck, not really with that hi- hypothetically. Uh, yeah, yeah, and yeah, Earthbound, uh, for context, is uh, Ness from Smash Bros, is how most people know of at least the main character of Earthbound, but uh, oh, of course, yeah, and also uh, Lucas, the Lucas blonde kid, is, is from, from the sequel Mother 3. Uh, yeah so i always get excited when i see that but i have never actually had a fruitful conversation with anyone like uh like i always get excited i'm like oh dude that's my favorite game and then they're like oh awesome uh then i found uh uh nothing else to talk about after that and it's actually i've had a zero percent success rate of making a friend uh uh through that that avenue 
I, I would be happy to have a conversation with you sometime about how the dad is a phone in Earthbound because that's my because all you do is talk to him on the phone. Yeah. So in the credits, they show the icons for everybody, and the icon for dad is just a phone. All so right, let's, I, let's okay. Go into the... Just a quick. Oh. Sorry, what I, else I, did I, you have? I, I had one thing I did want to say. Uh, one of the power players was giving advice, and one of his advices was. Um, he says, if someone, when you beat them in a game, says, I let you win, uh, you actually beat them fair and square, which is probably a personal jab at someone very personal. But I just want to bring up that my roommate slash friend, Chase, I beat him in Smash Bros. And he told me he let me win. Uh, and I'm just going to call him out. So that is, <laughs> I beat you fair and square. All right. That's the <laughs> all right. That's all I had. Chase, come on the show. Defend yourself. Okay. <laughs> We're finally here to the first feature of the <laughs> vaccine. Yeah, we're taking real long. Uh, Mega Man 2. Mega uh, Man. Uh, cool question number one. All right, so Mega Man number two. We get, we, we're, we're in the Mega Man 2 section. We get a nice little cartoony picture of uh, a bunch of robots and Dr. Willy, the mad scientist villain. And he is uh, 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 painting over uh, the Mega Man uh, logo is like probably some villainous scheme. Yeah, why would but you? you look, but it's glue. You look, yeah, you look at that paint bucket. It looks like because he's just like clearly painting over it as a villainous scheme, right? But um, uh, well, that the, paint the bucket little... is local. As, yeah, as you mentioned, it's it's apparently just a bucket of glue. So I don't know what the hell he's doing. There is. I think what's going on here is is below him. He's standing on a bunch of boxes and oh. a kind of Looney Tunes thing, and it's like Acme gadgets and gizmos and stuff. Whoever was doing Mega Man art back then didn't know that Mega Man was cool and was apparently just trying to make it sort of a, uh, yeah, like a Looney Tunes, like a cartoon thing. I mean, I don't honestly. I think the art of it is good. You like I this? Think, I think it's very. It stands out. Mega so, Man art. It's impossible to tell because of this angle, but there is a monkey robot holding a Dr. W sign oh, that he's going to glue. Oh, he's gluing that. Oh, okay. This, this is a really complicated skin. <laughs> this is exactly this is, the problem we had with that first Howard and Nestor comic way back in the very first episode. Yeah, there's just a lot of, there's a, this feels like I'm reading like, um, this feels like I'm reading Watchmen. <laughs> <laughs> there's just a lot of, there's a lot going on in this, in this panel. It's also got a, a lot of yellow in it because the entire background of this feature is yellow and, you know, Watchmen's a secondary color joint. <laughs> there, there's a ton of, they, they spend a lot of time on the maps and stuff, but um, I think the most important thing for me to say is Mega Man 2 is good. It's a great game. I'm really bad at it. I wish I would have got, got my, we were playing a little bit of Mega Man 2. I didn't, I didn't get my chance because... Uh, you were drinking coffee. I was drinking coffee, but I feel like this is one of the few games I'm actually de- like good at. I think probably, I, I, I don't, maybe not. Uh, uh, but I feel like most Nintendo games I play, I'm just, I feel like I'm way over my head. And this is one of them where I'm like, okay, like I've played this enough. I feel like I've got my bearings. This is super lame because I, I feel like I'm better at the PlayStation era Mega Man X games. Yeah. Like four, five, and six. I've never played those ones. They're good. Yeah. I, I, I would say, uh, I don't, maybe this is maybe something jump, I'll jump in later, but I am, I have been thinking about a little bit more of like this type of magazine and like what would stick out to a kid. And I feel like what I'm noticing is I, I do feel like a lot of games that really stick out to me are ones that take, at least in the advertisement, artistic choices rather than going generic really stick out whenever it's like a vague, like if, if we ever like have a, have a, a couple of pages that are like, a uh, guy in a camo suit with a robot dragon behind him uh-huh. 
uh, and it like I don't know, like all those pictures look the same to me. Where at least Mega Man really sticks out because it has a very distinct art style and aesthetic to it. You know what's beautiful, beautiful about the Mega Man franchise is it manages to be distinct and kind of cute in its own way and cool at the same time. Yeah, like old Sonic the Hedgehog as opposed to new Sonic the Hedgehog. Yeah, I kind of, I kind of, I could, I kind of dig that. I, I, I don't know if. I'm not talking about like the Mega Man where it's like an old man in a suit with a laser gun, but like the, the kind of the Japanese aesthetic, not the Americanized attempt to yeah make it less cool. Yeah, yeah, I can dig that. Yeah, it's just like fun. I, 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 I like it. I also like it, we've talked before about how reading one of these magazines is uh, like when you're a little kid and you can't you can't have every video game because you get video games maybe twice a year. You get you get a birthday game and a Christmas game maybe or a holiday game. Mm-hmm. And so these magazines are kind of a way to quote unquote play games. And I feel like going back to back from Mega Man Two to this game Faxanadu, which that's named for the house in Citizen Kane, right? Isn't that Faxanadu? <laughs> that's where he lives. <laughs> I don't know. Um, uh, is this a good game? Do you know anything about this game? I know very little about Faxanadu, but what I will say is like. Both of these have these big maps that are really interesting looking and one of them's, you know, like a sci-fi robot setting and one, this one's like some straight fantasy with a lot of cave exploring. That feels like a good, you know, had I had this issue as a kid, I would have ate this up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Too. It's like um, kind of getting like a little palette of like, yeah, especially as a kid, I don't know. If what what are much. the things? Like if you just suddenly had a cowboy game, you're like, you're just in your mind pretending like, oh, cowboys. I'm in cowboy world in my own imagination for a mm-hmm. little bit. I also, there's a uh, there's an illustration on one of these pages of Faxanadu Guy, uh, which is, this is a fantasy cool. side-scrolling game. I have, I've maybe played it very briefly, like emulated or something. But there's a, a page here where he is uh, looking. It's an illustration where he's looking down into a, he's saying it's a dark cave, but the illustration is of this smooth-walled hallway going off into the distance. And... Did you ever read House of Leaves? No. This looks like he's not going into a cave. He's going into like an abstract nightmare house. <laughs> That'd be cool. That'd definitely make this game. Because um, <laughs> well, the, the, the maze that comes up in House of Leaves is like blank concrete walls that just like go on forever. I'm in for that. Hell yeah. House of Leaves is awesome. What, what's how, yeah, I got to read. Is it, it's, it's a book or no, I'm assuming not a book. It, it, it's this very obtuse kind of challenging to read book that uses like footnotes and a lot of topography stuff oh. to tell the, it's, it's like a story within a story within a story. But my favorite part of it is <laughs> okay. there's, there's a documentary called the Navidson record, which is like a, it's a transcript. House of Leaves is fucking confusing. Just hang yeah, with I'm, me. I'm already confused. So the, the story within a story is that there's this documentary where a famous photojournalist and his girlfriend and their kids move into this house and he discovers eventually that the house is larger on the inside than it is on the outside just by like an inch per wall. Oh. And then some weird shit starts happening, including doors on outer walls that go into strange hallways and stuff. But this is like a photojournalist who's like covered wars and things. So he gets... And he's the protagonist of this book? He's not. That's what's crazy about House of Leaves. He's the character within the story that the protagonist is. The protagonist is a tattoo artist in L.A. named Johnny Truant, who is uh, who his neighbor dies under mysterious circumstances. His elderly neighbor uh, who is blind and in the guy's apartment, he finds a 
transcript or a description or write-up of a documentary that he saw, even though he's blind, called The Navidson Record, which is this documentary about this photojournalist, which also... Anyways. Do people like this book? This book uh, is very... It's pretty popular. Yeah. Yeah. It's also extremely hard to read. Is it like kind of like a um, infinite jest scenario where it's kind of like a brag to have finished it or? Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. That's a great call to like <laughs> compare the two because I haven't read all of infinite jest either. Uh, yeah. I'm like, I don't care enough. I, I'd rather read um, something easy. <laughs> uh, if I'm reading, I, I would rather enjoy um, although I'm sure, are there moments of Infinite Jest that's at least fun, or is it kind of a snooze the whole time? I didn't get very far into it. It was a high school book report, and I ended up doing something else like Catch Twenty Two. Yeah, I remember liking it. Okay, it's one of those where, as a little kid, again to go back to Mega Man Effect Saturday, like I wanted to read stories about cool stuff happening, like perhaps being a robot boy or being an adventure fantasy boy. Yeah. And not necessarily about a frumpy loser. Yeah. Yep. Yep. And I'm still, you know, frankly, as a as a um, uh, 25 year old uh, young man, uh, uh, I still want to just read fantasy books. I really, if it ain't fantasy or sci fi or like maybe an interesting like educational one. I, you know, if I, if I most of the time I'm reading a fantasy book to be honest. Uh, all right. Uh, yeah. I mean, this game, like they are like doing a good job. It doesn't look like the, uh, at least the presentation of this game through this magazine. Um, fact, Santa do, I think uh, our illustrator. Looks great. It, yeah. Yeah. The, uh, um, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. The, no, it looks great. <laughs> the illustrator for the layout appears to be my favorite Nintendo P illustrator who does those. Normally the line art's very wavy. Oh, is he the same guy? I, Wait, think, you, I think so. You look how like heavy the lines are. I don't know. Uh, listener, imagine in your mind's eye some fantasy illustrations. Yep, um, it's by my favorite guy. But I'd say or girl. a little more distinct. Um, d- uh, all right, let's let's hit the the old counselor corner. Let's get those. Let's get advice. Come on. Uh, the most important thing in counselor's corner, as always, is our counselor headshots. Yeah, let's see, we got some. We got some fun, fun, fun little fun little goobers. Our, yeah, our goobers this. <laughs> You beat me to it. This is the most on-brand I think the counselors have ever been. Yeah, we're definitely... Uh, I was pretty surprised for these first couple issues, like the diversity in the counselor corners, and they're clearly out of it. They they, they really went gung-ho with the diversity. Yeah, you think they led with the oh, uh, yeah. like the women and the... <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think they are out. I think it is now... Uh, uh, it, it's... I think from now on, we're only getting exactly who we expect. People uh, like uh, dorky, dorky white dudes, white the, dudes with bullets, late, late 80s outfits. And, yeah, <laughs> I think that's where we're at. Yeah, these, these guys look like um, the people I would argue with in an anime club yeah, in or, college or yeah, something. They're the, uh, the geek side of the geeks and freaks. <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, it's pretty magnificent. Uh, I you know I would like, want to call one thing out. There's a baseball game that they mention, and they oh uh, yeah, bases loaded. Um, a beanball challenge, and that just that sounds a lot more interesting than it probably is. <laughs> well, that's in baseball. It's, is that it's real, is that, probably the uh, most fun thing that can happen in baseball. Oh, is really? what, what, when a batter thinks a pitcher is trying to hit them intentionally and rushes the mound. Oh, that's fun. Like you know the the infamous picture of is it Nolan Ryan with the guy in the headlock? And it's like don't mess with Texas. Yeah, I, the only thing I know about uh, baseball is the fantastic Chicago hot dogs. With real pieces of Chicago <laughs> in every dog. 
Yeah, that actually does sound kind of fun. Okay, I guess. Um, so that's got. I did not know that game had a mound rushing fight mode, which is crazy. Yeah, that's, I kind of want to try it. That's just cool. And then, yeah, somehow, even though this is normally at the back of the magazine, they've moved top thirty way up to the just, front. They are going all over the place. What the hell is, is going on? It is how Howard is a manic man. Howard, like every every day, I think it's the day before they ship him out. He's like, um, he's like, hasn't slept for three days. He's sweating and shaking. We got, we got, we got, we got to rechange the order of everything. He's in Japan. He he does the thing in Tokyo where they just stay instead of taking the train home, they just stay in one of those really narrow, like six stool bars all yeah. night, drink, drinking and drinking, uh, just drinking scotch. Drinking <laughs> drinking scotch with his buddies. He's been smoking a cigarette that's been finished. <laughs> Like it's clearly finished, but he's still taking hits out of it's it. It's just a filter, man. Leave it. A- <laughs> and uh, yeah, they come back in the office, and they just they he dropped the magazine on the on the subway, and then had to pick everything up, and then oh, hand it, it off to the publisher. Clear mistake. <laughs> I don't know. No matter anymore. what, I don't know what Howard's up to. But how do you it's, not it's, in the magazine with the top thirty? This hurts. I'm so confused. It is. It almost. I'm gonna say at this point, I feel like they're like. It's to the point where I feel like it's semi-detrimental. Like, I do think they have changed the order so many times that I think it is becoming a negative part of this magazine. Like, I, I, I think it's, uh, it's an amount of inconsistency that is making this magazine worse than it would be if it had consistency. Wow. That's how far, that's how far I'm willing to go. I'm, 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 I'm throwing. What do you bet that they put Top 30 back where it belongs at the end of the magazine in a couple of issues? Dude, I, don't, I feel like... This is, we're in the Wild West right now. I, I don't know what, honestly, top 30 could be gone. Um, it could be the top, you know, Howard's, Howard's picks next time we jump Nestor in. Nestor chooses the top Nestor two. Nestor chooses, yeah. Nestor, no, you don't, it's a two-page spread. You can't just have one and, game on one, yeah, one on the other, you little idiot. All 10 games are just a picture of Nestor. Nestor's funky bowling for the virtual boy. Yeah. Plays two I, and one this month. Can't say I can predict what's going to happen with these Nintendo magazines. Well, since they're pulling one over on us, do you want me to run through the top five this time? Yeah, you do a top five. Let's let's mix it. All right, here we go. At uh, at number five, forty eight hundred points. Tecmo Bowl. Ooh, probably fun, right? Have the you the great game. Oh, uh, right. that, that's like the football game for the NES. It's the right? football game. All right, great. Number four, fifty one hundred points. Legend of Zelda. Hey, great game. In this game, Link, 16 years old. That's not true. They don't establish his age in the game. That's yeah. for the cartoon. I actually feel like there could be an argument that he's younger. Um, or older. Or older. Or he's... Uh, I mean, he's just, a little squ- he's just a little rectangle with a hat. Yeah, or he's just a, a, a robot. All right. Let's cut that out. <laughs> in the Super Nintendo Legend of Zelda, he has pink hair. And I always wondered if that was like Hy- Hylian kids, like... Maybe they, they're born with a hair color and they get a different one later. Or and like how I, I love that. He had, that game is weird. Why is his hair pink? I don't know. And like, I don't, there's just, there's so many parts of that game that are like it, like for it, like setting the standard and like, it's like, this is what Zelda is. And they're like, mechanically, it's so clean. And there's so many like, uh, staple decisions. The design, like, the design, yeah, like yeah. his hair color, the sounds in that game are so foggy. I like how they were all like, wow, like it's just, they're the, uh, I wish I had a button. Mario. That, you know, that could happen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the, uh, I, I always love how the tile design for the art in the game is so 
rounded and modular feeling. Like it's just got, yeah. it, it looks like a Lego set or something. It's so clean and it feels, the design of it is so clean and um, 3D feeling that it feels like something you can hold. And I, ugh. Is Link to the Past a big game for you? I love Link to the Past. Yeah. yeah that was, I definitely, that was an era. I still have the Nintendo Power Link to the Past cover on my wall. Ah, uh, yeah. All right. All right. Uh, Number three, <laughs> Ninja Gaiden or Gaiden if you're feeling okay. nasty. All right. That's what I'm talking about. 6,800 points. Boom. Number two, 13,400 points. Zelda 2, The Adventure okay. of Link. Okay. See, in this one, Link is 17 instead oh, of 16. He's, is he a year older? Because it's after. A year? Is he That's eight? right. In Link to the Past, he's 18. <laughs> <laughs> uh, how, how old would Link be now? Um, 30? <laughs> hey, he's got to be older than that because it's, uh, I mean, this game came out in 1987 as we've, dis- or, no. Oh, so yeah, it's 88. It's- <laughs> yeah, so he, he's got to be like, what, 50 something? Yeah, he's in his 50s. Oh, you say, uh, he, if he only ages a year when a game comes out, he's like 40 something, right? It's, yeah, I was going to guess like 30s. Um, okay, we're not, no, we're not, we're not. <laughs> And number one with 12,900 points, Super Mario Brothers 2. <laughs> Woo, it's Sequel City, top two. The two worst wait a, versions. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Oh, shit. You see what I see? I don't. My, my number really two, 13,428 points. Zelda 2, The Adventure of Link. Number one, 12,900 points. Whoa. Super Mario Brothers 2. What the? What is going on? Oh shit! Oh wow! This is this is huge. What the hell? Whoa, man! They are okay. I'm about to say it. I think you're right with Howard just dropping the dropping the files. What the fuck happened this, with this issue? This is okay. I'm I I'm gonna say it. I'm gonna say it. This is a very unorganized group of magazine makers. What a mess! They they need. They're missing someone. Who has some semblance? This is this is a nightmare. <laughs> Do you think maybe Gail, editor in chief Gail Tendon was like, "I got vacation that's going to expire if I don't take a couple of weeks off, but I really don't want to because the magazines do." And Howard's like, "It's fine. We know what we're doing." I think they might be understaffed. How do you? I so when I see those numbers, I think foul play immediately. Oh, you think there's uh, pulling deep, some strings? Conspiracy. Um, yeah, little, but they did such a bad job of it because, like, why not just make Super Mario Brothers two thirteen thousand four hundred thirty points? Do you think uh, them making everything out of order was a little bit of a uh, manipulative move of them trying to trick you into thinking, "Hey, we're unorganized here. Who knows what's going to happen?" So that they could play this off as a mistake when really this was a Super Mario Bros. power power move power grab. Oh, do you think it was a typo? Because that really takes the wind out of art. I mean, do you think they meant to type 13,900? Um, I mean, if I'm being honest, uh, I, I, and you know, I don't know how, what it's like to make them. Do, do, is this like how all magazines are? Are all magazines like full of kind lies? Of, kind of bullshit. Like, are all <laughs> magazines full of typos and out of order and uh, just mistake city? And, you know, well, anything humans work on is probably full of mistakes because that's the nature of. It, is there is there such thing as a magazine where it's like you, like you don't think of magazines like movies or TV? There's not like an IMDb of top ten magazines of all time, but is there such thing as a magazine that's like ooh this was this was tightly done? There was no uh, there were no there were no were, printing or typo like, typography who, mistakes in this magazine. Whoever was making this really cared. <laughs> 
I don't know that screwing up the top 30 is indicative of somebody not caring. Wait a minute. We can add these up. We can find out what really happened on the next page. So, okay. After the top 30, Nintendo Power breaks down where the votes came from by three categories of person. You have the player's picks, who are like kiddos. You have pros, which I assume are adult or middle-aged gamers, geriatric gamer, <laughs> elderly gamers. And you have the dealer's picks, which is like the authorized resellers. And they always love when a game sells. That's what they vote for. It's like, oh, yeah. wow, I sold so many of these. But if I add up Super Mario Brothers 2 across these three categories, I come up with 13,428. Is the same number? That's what Zelda 2 The Adventure of Link got. What does Zelda oh. 2 The Adventure of Link have? So they might have like swapped. So a bit of a typo scenario. Somebody fell asleep. They, they might have like on the Excel sheet, you know, to swap a roo, right? I can't believe we already solved this mystery. They, they got them backwards. It should be that, um, yeah, Zelda 2 The Adventure of Link should be in second place wow. with 12,900. And Super Mario Brothers 2 should be in first place with 13,400. It's just an honest mistake. I don't it's even know why. It's, why do we spend so much time on we this? We got to the bottom of it. I'm glad, that we, I'm glad that we worked that out here. More features. <laughs> <laughs> All right, here, here we are. More features. Uh, Dragon Warrior. I feel like they've been talking about Dragon Warrior for like five issues. Yeah, I've got... Uh, I got some, I got some thoughts on this. To be honest, all right. Um, uh, so I've got to say, uh, I got a big question. So, do you know how like the Dragon Ball Z artist slash creator does all the art for this? Right? Oh yeah, Toriyama. It's like Toriyama, whatever. That's his. Yeah, but they're name. not using this. Isn't him in the artwork here, right? The- yeah, that's the thing. Is like. Um, but if you go further, you can start seeing like the original, the artwork that is clearly his. Oh, later in the you, feature, you see it later in the feature. There's definitely pictures that are clearly his. And oh I, yeah, I see it here. Yeah, and but there, for some reason, the American version really felt like we needed to put boring, really boring, generic fantasy picture pictures in it. Yeah. Uh, so this is before they knew what weebs Americans are. Yeah. Well, uh, uh, I actually uh, read a thing about this. Uh, uh, and so the creator of Dragon Quest slash Dragon Warrior uh, specifically hired that guy to make his game stick out. Right. That's why he's like, all these games look the same. I'm going to get this guy involved. So that this really sticks out as a game and it totally worked. And this game is notoriously really hit in Japan. And, uh, I, you know, I don't know if it was a flop here, but it did not hit nearly as hard here. Yeah. And I wonder if it was a marketing mistake because we decided to ditch a lot of those like really interesting like really cool photos and put these really boring generic fantasy pictures like the beginning of this thing and i wonder if this was like um the do- the some guy who was like oh we're not this looks too this isn't americans don't like pictures like these they like pictures like these and he really made it generic and not stick out and i wonder if that kind of caused it to be less of a hit i mean cuz it went exactly against why uh, like this guy's philosophy was like, we need to stick out. Like if, right. if this looks like every other fantasy game, no one's going to buy it. The same with like a baseball game that like, that makes sense. And this dude's art really does stick out. Like when I see this, it doesn't feel like, Oh yeah. Uh, it's crazy that it doesn't feel like that. Cause we've talked about this. We've talked about, we get hit the sports section and it's like, 
oh, every sports everything game is the same blends thing. together. And we yeah. have a fantasy section. It's like, oh my god, every fantasy game is the same thing. When you go to this game, when you get past the generic art and you actually get to the art that guy intended to have, it really sticks out. This does it. This feels like a game that's really hitting my eye. But uh, any moment that they decided to go against that philosophy and just put the more generic, boring stuff, it immediately becomes boring again. I just noticed in the, I guess this was the Western artwork that you were talking about, not the Toriyama art, but they, they have this illustration of what it looks like when you go to stay at an inn in an RPG and you've just had the shit kicked out of you in a dungeon or whatever. So it's like this warrior with his... <laughs> clothes all tattered and he's beat to hell and he can't even stand up at the entrance to an inn (laughs) and you're looking over the innkeeper's shoulder and his hand is out like oh my god what happened to you (laughs) and i've never seen that moment rendered (laughs) as a all i ever see in my mind's eye is like a bunch of little rectangle characters and a text box that says will you say at the end 250 g we're really getting the behind the scenes um uh, that's such a (laughs) You should be at the hospital. What are you doing? No, no, no hospitals. You know, they, they no doctors. Like, They'll call the cops. They should have leaned into that more if they were going like, to make these decisions. This is hysterical. And, like yeah. what other – I want to see the, the part where somebody's offloading like a dump truck full of crappy swords so they can get like three gold pieces each for them so they can buy like one shield. That, that would have that stuck out. They, that would have been – they put fucking Nestor in this. I, where? I, yeah, go back a couple pages from where you were at. There's Nestor. God um, damn it, Nestor. I think uh, uh, this game that was well done got in the hands of very incompetent hands uh, for the mar- <laughs> from the like genuinely from the marketing perspective. I think they I think they uh, uh, screwed the hooch on this one. Take that. Uh, and then next up is a Str- is Strider, and I think I don't have a whole lot to say about Strider except that I like Strider. Cool map. Um, it's crazy that this game has a pyramid level, and they like they piece the like what they normally do is they piece all the screens together to like, right. make a make a um, make a map for it. Like they go screen by screen and take all the images. And this level makes like a full pyramid. That's fun. Like it doesn't pretty cool. Like, normally, when you like like if you go to a pyramid, I always assume that the inside has nothing to do with the exterior. I, I always assume in games. The interior is always going to be wildly different than the exterior. I, I like in your favorite game, Mass Effect. Somebody found out that the inner map for the Normandy is like two thirds the size of what the ship is actually supposed to be. Oh yeah, so yeah. it's like way too small. It's uh, yeah, all, always, and it's crazy that they actually put the effort in this game of a map. Probably they didn't expect people to fully see. Maybe they did, but it fully adds up. You know, you're, you're going through this big pyramid level, and it's all in the shape of a pyramid. Yeah, it, it looks really neat. Everything pieced together. A lot of these uh, these features can be really boring because it's literally just here's the level, but it's Adventure Island starring Master Higgins, and it's just a line. Yeah, totally. But this one, yeah. You, <laughs> and of course, the other thing is like back when they were doing these, uh, they were, I believe the technology they were using, according to an article I read, was they had a device that you hooked up the Nintendo 2 that was like a display, but you could print the screen. You hit a button and it would print out a image of the screen. So they weren't yes. taking pictures of a television, uh, but it was basically that process. Yeah. So there's <laughs> dozens, if not hundreds of little Ryu's. Stri- yes. Hiru, the str- what is his name? Strider guy. Strider man. Oh man. The stride train. 
I'll yeah, that's what you, cause that's how they do it. Yeah. So there's every image. Like they literally have images where they like jumped up into the sky <laughs> and took an image of him like falling. We and- need, we need a blank <laughs> blue screen and he's still in it. And up next is the preview section, which I guess the main thing I want to mention here is DuckTales is in here. Oh yeah. A classic. Well, there's also the, um, um, probably. Centerfold. Yeah, we're here at the... We're at the center, right? The yeah, you want to do the centerfold and we'll take a break? Yeah. So, yeah, we've got... So, so DuckTales, yes, but most importantly, the centerfold is Mr. Robert Kopp, <laughs> Esquire. It, it's weird to have a, uh, a poster of a movie game. And it's an R-rated... <laughs> and, like, RoboCop, this era is so strange because they, like, had a Rambo cartoon. Did they? they? Yes. <laughs> they had a RoboCop cartoon. RoboCop is a shockingly violent movie. I, well, that's, I mean, is that a, an American thing? Like, we're very, like, I remember waking, like, you know, if a, if a movie's rated R, it, it, if it's that violence, makes it better. who cares? Yeah. Like, I had parents who were pretty strict, and, like, there could be any reason. If it's R, look at the list. If it's violence, we don't care at all. For some reason, violence is like there's not a, par- a yeah. There's a part where a robot reaches into a guy's midsection with his claw hand and scoops out his insides like an ice cream scoop. Totally fine. To- yeah, great for the kids. And he's but- still he's still alive as he's bleeding out and he's trying to get help and like crawling along the ground and like crying and like calling for his mom. Totally fine. If there's an acknowledgement of sex, though, no, Abs- yeah. absolutely not. But. Gouge someone's eyes out and piss. It. Maybe not. Piss, <laughs> maybe not piss in the sockets. You know, gouge, gouge the eyes out. Perfectly fine. That is. Oh, that is. My kids can totally absorb this. Yeah, we're, we're a mess <laughs> as a culture. <laughs> RoboCop's a great movie because it satirizes a lot of that. But it is like that's the beauty of of Paul Verhoeven and Ed Newmyer, uh, the director and writer of RoboCop and Starship Troopers and Basic. Yeah, I, I need to watch RoboCop. Total Recall. That's all. Could, so there is a bit of satire and self-awareness to it. Would you count Mortal Kombat as satire up bloody? Or like, not in the same way as not, RoboCop No, it's just is. not as like... Because like Mortal Kombat... I mean, Mortal it's Kombat just, it's doesn't... It's more over the top. And they're like kind of enjoying... Like, look how we're really pushing this as far as it can go. Yeah, and... It's not really critically looking at it. Is that what is required for satire? It needs to like critically look at... The concept of gore and stuff like that is that well, RoboCop. It, th- we should circle back to this when you've had a chance to watch the movie because I would love to hear what you think about it. Because there's like fake television programs and commercials, and there's like shitty corporate guys doing douchebag things, and like it's it's a satirization of that kind of hyper corporate commercial Do world. Do they satirize like our 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 love for violence and like? Uh, stuff or is I that just they, part of the movie don't they man you need <sighs> okay we got to put a pin we should totally put, put a, a pin, pin in this I'll and give robocop a, a nice little watch i think you're gonna enjoy the movie a lot i mean i'm not like anti-gory violent movies i just think it's weird that we're like super comfortable with that but it is super weird it's not. also and also the minute um I'm drawing, I'm drawing a blank here, but yeah, like the counterpoint of like, oh, an indie film comes over from France and there's, uh, there's full, full frontal male nudity in it and everybody has a conniption. Like we just can't, Yeah. but let's go back it's to arbitrary, I guess I, I want to watch somebody's head disintegrate and peel apart from a point blank shotgun blast in slow motion. 
And that's just going to like get cheering and like. Yeah, that's fine. America's puritanical roots have like <laughs> getting into our culture in such a weird way. Yeah. Which I mean, I like that stuff. I do. Why like wouldn't go, we? Uh, we, yeah. we are American. <laughs> We're the product of that, that yeah. culture. <laughs> yeah. Um, Ducktales is really good. I also like full frontal male nudity. So, so. Hey, <laughs> uh, watch Life of, Life of Brian. Oh right, I mean that's that's hilarious. <laughs> or uh, more of Silly and Murphy than I ever expected to. Thanks to Twenty Eight Days Later. I've never seen it. Full frontal. Yeah, speaking of full frontal nudity, Ducktales in the November. No- <laughs> Yo, these these ducks not wearing pants. <laughs> Honestly, this is actually. That was purely a joke I didn't think was going to connect, but this is actually a perfect segue because DuckTales is constant full frontal nudity. Yeah, the children specifically. <laughs> does, does, <laughs> does Scrooge wear pants? Scrooge doesn't wear pants. Okay. Launchpad does, though, which begs the question, would we know he's a pilot if he wasn't wearing those pilot pants? <laughs> that, that new DuckTales cartoon came out, and there's a lot, I think, to like about it. It's a very... yes. And compared to what I remember about the old one, so in the old 80s DuckTales cartoon, Huey, Dewey, and Louie and Webby are more like normal children, whereas in the new one, they're like hucksters and scheming and kind of too smart for their own good, and Webby's like this kind of lunatic survival genius who's like spent her whole life learning how to like tie knots and escape out of prisons and stuff yeah and i just what does that say about our culture that we've gone from like you know the disney afternoon cartoons were like that and now they're like this i would rather watch new ducktales versus old ducktales anytime yeah but my guess is if you watch old ducktales there's there's like some weird under the under the surface is right i mean if it's an old disney cartoon i'm gonna assume there's some there, I, I don't know. It's not the most integrity. It's not a Studio Ghibli, Ghibli movie. It's not. It's not the most integrity behind those movies, right? And this is the era. So I mean, the Disney Afternoon was them taking old Disney characters and then sticking them into scenarios that they had no business being in. Because like Chip and Dale Rescue Rangers, Chip and Dale, <laughs> who used to spend most of their cartoons like trying to get the other person to go first through a doorway. No, after you, I insist, brother. Like that thing. And then one of them's dressed up like Burt Reynolds and Magnum P.I. And one of them's dressed up like Indiana Jones. <laughs> and they have a, a hot gadget mouse friend, Gadget Hack Ranch. There's, uh... <laughs> Don't you, cancel me. <laughs> have you heard of, um, the, uh, the, the, uh, like the, ba- like, what's it called where it's like all the, Dis- is it Disney? Maybe, maybe it's... Are you talking about that video kids. where they try to get every, the kids to stop smoking? No, the one where they drink, uh, drink, uh, they drink and drive and uh, drive off a cliff and die. Oh, wait, what? Yeah, have you never heard of that? Are it, you making this no, up? No, I don't think it ever got aired. Let me. This Ducktales game is actually Ducktales canon now because I, I guess because they took the moon theme and put it into the new show with lyrics. It, I think it was a Tiny Tunes thing that I was thinking of. It's like a they drink and drive and die. Oh, that's fine. I mean, Tiny Tunes. <laughs> That's on brand for them. Hey, do you want to take a break? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I, I, I'm, we, speaking of speaking of drinking and driving, let's take a beer break. Hey, you're listening to the Now You're Playing with Podcast, the podcast. Are you ready? This is the beer break brought to you by Howard and Nestor. 
Hey, I'm Nestor. Um, glub up that beer, my friend. Here we go! Did you ever think, hey, I would really love to tell Brett and Weston to shut the hell up? Now you can. Send us an email at mailbox at nowyourplaying.com. Boom. All right, let's get back to the guys. Hey, uh, we're back. Yo, yo, yo. We're back, and unfortunately... Yeah, we're... Uh, oh, my God. Back from the old break, and once again, yeah, it's... Um, it's time for... Howard and Nestor. Yeah, we got uh, an- we got a- we got another scoop of the Howard and Nestor journey. Uh, pretty wild issue, I would say. Should we do a baseline overview before we dive into the nitty gritty details of this? I, I'm not sure I could summarize all of the twists and turns that have happened in this Oscar worthy uh, story to this point, <laughs> but we could definitely summarize what's happening in this comic. Yeah, I mean, well, like, I mean, no, I mean, I would say uh, you could summarize. It's a pretty simple story of uh, uh, a young, a seemingly young boy or orphan, like trying to escape essentially a psychopath who wants to control him named Howard is is really what this is. And at this point in the story, he doesn't even know that Howard is trying to control him yeah well it's it's like a little piece of shit a little piece of shit kid yeah ne- uh, Nestor is yes. rightfully like you would be like all right you need a little bit of parenting but he clearly doesn't have parents we, we'll get into this with this issue he doesn't have parents uh uh he's clearly like this little orphan boy who has issues and uh a prime target for a multi-level uh, marketing scheme yeah 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 and there's yeah. there's this guy who's like you know probably like pretending like he wants to take care of him but he's going like way too far to the point where he's just constantly controlling and manipulating this kid and like drooling at the process and because you know what drives howard crazy Nestor won't take his video game tips yeah he won't listen it's just these two sad individuals uh uh you know in their lives are just tied together in some sort of like sad sandwich yeah you know how out in the (laughs) big white sometimes celestial bodies like a couple of asteroids or moons will get caught in each other's orbit yeah in the black of space between uh star systems totally they'll just circle around each other until they collide but what's interesting, we get a little bit more information in this one, but I think that we should maybe just say the baseline premise, which is Nestor meets the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. It's the yeah. Ba- it's the baseline. He meets, um, who's a- the reporter, April? He meets April. Uh, and she just brings him to the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. They make some uh, legendary pizza jokes. And uh, it's, again, you know, a classic little Nestor's, like, uh, you know, the plot of every game, which this every is like single the- comic, which is Nestor pretending he's good at a video game. And then... Uh, uh, everyone kind of believes him. It's usually like a group of people. This time it's the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and they kind of buy into his ability. And then always at the end, Howard unveils him as a sham and that's, and that's the end, right? Yeah. That, that's a pretty good, that's a pretty good overview here. Uh, pretty much every comic so far. Isn't that normally it's literally generally speaking, Nestor has done is trying to impress someone. It's yes. Nestor coming in. He wants to impress someone and says he's good at something. Uh, and he about at the midway point, he kind of gets them. But then by the end, Howard has called him out as a piece of shit. Yeah. Without, without fail. And I got to say, I mean, last time Nestor was an expert advisor on a feature film set. Yes. 
helping with Ninja Gaiden or yeah. Gaiden. Yep. Uh, Gaiden Gaiden. And uh, this time, I mean, he meets huge celebrities, certainly for this era, the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Holy smokes. Yeah. Um, so in the, in the first panel here, Nestor is uh, huddled in well, like the ghetto. Yeah, no, it's actually this first panel, I would say it's extremely big. It's um, to me, and like this is like really becoming like actually like literally legitimate. Like the Nestor trying to escape Howard uh, arc is getting like clearly more and more like vocal. Yeah. Like, this honest to God. Nestor like, is hiding behind I a street swear, sign. It literally looks like he's in the slums. Uh, in the slums. He's in Howard. He's in Tijuana. It's, this it, seems like a Blade Runner. Like, like I, I don't even, I don't know if Blade Runner is a man on the move. Th- but there's a seems, guy smoking a cigarette in this comic. But yeah, I mean, it's, it, I swear to God. There's an empty beer, uh, like a wine bottle or a liquor bottle next to, like, th- there's Stray Cats, uh, which is sad. Stray Cats, uh, uh, I, I uh, you sp- know, spay your cats. Spay your cats, because Stray Cats, uh, you know, at one moment, it's kind of fun. There's Spray cats. your cats. Uh, straight cats are. It's a sad situation because when you see one get run over, which Be I did. Be responsible uh, for your pets. Yeah. Uh, but Nestor's clearly hiding from how. Like it, he's he's literally I, like it feels like a man on the run story. You know it ex- exactly. This made me right seeing him huddled behind the street sign, and you know like, a- April is seeing him <laughs> and is coming to help him. He looks. He looks he looks tired and scared. Do you know that there's like you can take these courses where they pretend to kidnap you and they take you to like downtown Los Angeles and then you have to evi- you know escape the kid the kidnappers and then this feels like Nestor has just escaped some terrible situation and doesn't know where to go or who he can trust. I know sometimes we read behind, be, behind, like between the lines of these things, but like this is surface area kind of what's you know, it's, it <laughs> like, literally is. I he, don't think that's even a stretch. He's off his things, and I don't know if this is a bit of a should should we wait? But like he is clearly and blatantly saying throughout this comic, he wants he does not want Howard. He's, he's please Howard, don't pop. Up. Please no Howard. In in previous issues, I was I mean we we have made some wild guesses as to what's going on, and it's really wild really wild to just be completely validated yeah no like it's uh again we usually are reading between the lines and we're finally seeing these writers it's paying pay off. off yeah yeah, it's, yeah we're actually seeing the payoff of our predictions and once again because i want to say two issues back nestor had an opportunity for like a adult woman like a librarian to help him get into the foster care system yes uh and you know april o'neill here approaches him sees him in trouble and she's like a good soul who wants to help as she's portrayed in other ninja turtle media yeah and she she asks him you know do you need help and um she invites him to uh hang out with the turtles and he's like are you sure howard isn't there to capture me again and abuse me and she's like no (laughs) which is like i mean like that which is the sad thing because of course when you read a howard and nestor comic it's like it it is it's like watching rogue one you know the ending you know (laughs) you know what's gonna happen yeah not only is it like that because you know the ending you know something horrible is going to happen yeah no you know yeah like the whole time like you do you just want like i would love for nestor 
to live with these Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and just like live out his day is like, I think there's a version of his life that could be happy. And like every single one of these comics just gives you a little bit of a, of a tease of what his life could be. Like what, you know, like. I, I think what's really, really cruel about Nestor's flaws as a character. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. Oh, you will. Yeah, no, I, I'm, I'm interested in saying interested in, in in what Nestor is doing wrong in this one because really he's just getting a whiff of happiness, like of of a, of a supportive family uh, that Howard is obviously we know at the end going to uh, rip in front of him and call him a stupid idiot, and he's going to be back on the streets. Uh, you know, it's it's or an worse, endless circle. Yeah, or worse, trapped mean, in a video game with Howard. <laughs> oh no. But yeah, what 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 what's your qualm with Nestor in this one? Well, I just okay. So let, let's get this the rest of this page in. Uh, so she takes him to this apartment, and the apartment is just as grungy, judging by the uh, this panel showing a grimy looking elevator, you know, elevator buttons. Yeah, and he lives in the same. The Ninja Turtles live in an apartment for superheroes, along with Bruce Wayne and Peter Parker. So not only is this a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles story. This is a <laughs> DC and Marvel crossover. Advi- this is the wow. first time Howard and Nestor has brought together two warring comic empires, although we don't see them yet. And, and they, get, they get to the Turtles' apartment, and I guess they all have their weapons out, so I guess they're just like roughhousing because April's like, hey, guys, knock it off. And it, yeah. I guess they're just being Ninja Turtles, I guess. Yeah, and then Nestor judges them for not being as tall as he thought they were in the comics. Does and, he? Yeah. Yeah, he's like, yeah, they look taller in the comics and greener, too. That's little... Yeah, that's the thing is, like, so, I mean, Nestor is clearly a piece of shit. Um, he is. He's a genuinely, like, Howard is right. He's not wrong. Howard, the, Nestor's yeah. a piece of shit. Uh, this is exactly, uh, so we were talking, you wanted to know what Nestor's flaw was here. It's like he can't help himself. So even though he's the subject of just a tremendous amount of, mental and possibly physical abuse at the hands of this like evil sociopath. Yeah. He also is such a jackass. Yeah. That's the thing. It's like, um, it's kind of, yeah. I'm curious in how you would like, if, if someone is a piece of shit. Yeah. And like Nestor, then you see them go through really terrible, terrible stuff. Frankly, might be like even more terrible than who they are. But at the end of the day, they are still a piece of shit. And, and you know, he's not going to change. Like, do you still feel like, how do you feel about that scenario? Like, how do you like, if you see the worst person on earth get tortured, I don't know, like what feeling is that supposed to elicit from you? Cause that's what that really was, is what this is. It's I seen, mean, they kind of cancel it out and I just feel nothing. Right. Yeah. Like, like a dial tone in my heart. Yeah. I kind of, well, in, in my, in my head, if my heart was a dial tone, I'd be on the floor. <laughs> that's bad. Uh, let's see. So, so the turtles are like, "Hey, man, we're really stuck on our video game." So the turtles, I guess, are like the kind of narcissist that would just play. The, this is <laughs> my my friend. Uh, she she used to do a bunch of nerd partying in L.A. Cause she grew up here, so there was yeah. there was a story she told me once where she went to a convention where the cast of Firefly was there, and the movie Serenity had just come out. And she got to hang out in a hotel room with them, and they were all just watching the movie. <laughs> so this is like that. The turtles are hanging was out. It like the- a question on that: Was it like okay. them? Was it like a premiere watch of them? Was it like were their first time watching a movie, or are they like this is the twelfth time they've watched it since it came out? Uh, so this would have been when did Serenity come out? Two thousand six. It would have been around then. So it wasn't too far 
removed from the so it wasn't like hey it's the 15th anniversary of the movie let's all go watch it in my hotel room again <laughs> that would be oh god <laughs> that that's a bummer this is funny yeah uh so yeah like like uh the cast of firefly uh the ninja turtles are playing their video game and they're like hey Nestor, you probably know all about our new game uh help us get through area three and Nestor's like, oh, yeah, that's easy. You have to eat all these pizzas. And for sure, Nestor, Nestor did not beat the dam level, which is in Area 1. So he is lying. Yes. For sure. Yes, absolutely. I just, are you, I mean, are you at a point where you're rooting for Nestor just to die? <laughs> you, you brought up, right? It, like, so well, for several episodes now, you have asked point blank, when is Nestor going to die? Yeah. I I can, now you're not even pulling punches. You're just like, I wish he would die soon. It, I mean, it's like, I don't know. I just feel like we're watching. I mean, again, then also like Nestor's a product of Howard. So it's hard to, I mean, he's not really getting opportunities to grow or do you think he is like, I I mean, do you think, do you, okay, here's my question. If you think Howard left and stopped, um, uh, uh, purposely, uh, you know, destroying this kid yeah because he wouldn't you, take his tips do you think he'd get better yeah yeah i think really? Nestor, really? Nestor's the kind of person where you know you're gonna see an interview with him 20 years down the line when he's let's say he works at uh, a warehouse uh which would be ironic because howard is is a yeah. warehouse manager at nintendo uh so he works at a warehouse but it's for like fishing uh lures yeah you know he works at a, a small company in michigan that has, this is their like shipping and receiving warehouse. And he's like, yeah, I, I used to play a lot of video games, but I don't really now. Um, I don't like to talk about it. And that's yeah. like the, the entirety of the interview. <laughs> so yeah, Nestor uh, fucking lies his ass off and the turtles indulge him and order 99 pizzas, which probably cost them all of their turtle allowance. But come on, those turtles aren't going to grow those turtles love pizza. Yeah, they, they, this, they were happy to oblige. If anything, it's a shame... <laughs> I hope the turtles invite Nestor over again in the future, even though he lied to them and they found out because uh, they, they do eventually because they enjoyed eating pizza. This is like they're like a five peas in a pod here. Yeah. Uh, are you familiar with the Chamber of Secrets, Harry Potter? And, you know, Harry Potter hears. I, I'm aware uh, of uh, the voices. Harry Potter's. Yes. Yes. The the one that talks to Ginny. Right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's like the voice. Do you think there's a chance that Harry that um, Howard is just a snake in the wall? <laughs> <laughs> That that does bring okay. So Nestor fucks up, you know, the video game, and the turtles. Leonardo smartly is eventually like, you know, we should just do some due diligence here and just check. And he checks the issue, which somebody's taken a bite out of. Very, yes, which more evidence that the Nestor and the turtles are meant for each other because they don't know who did it, but they're fine <laughs> all around. And then he checks, and sure enough. Howard wrote the magazine, and Nestor had the tip wrong. It's 99 scrolls, not 99 pizzas. And scroll is a secondary weapon. Man. And uh, Nestor's like, oh, no, it's him again, but, I mean. Well, yeah, that's more of the thing is, like, there's a level of Nestor is running from Howard and can't escape him. So right. when you see, like, Howard pop up at the very end, mm-hmm. I can't assume it's just coincidence. I really can. I have to assume Howard somehow figured out how to bite this kid again. Like, I, I can't assume they just, like, happened to find a magazine that Howard... I have to assume Howard right. is behind... Like, if Howard is a shark and this is just 
you know, the, the person in the ocean trying to escape. Every time the shark bites, it's not a, like it's not a coincidence. Like who took that bite? Howard probably took the bite out of that. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, I want to call your attention to something on the second row of panels here, that middle panel, that pizza delivery man. Do you think that's Howard? Oh, shit. Do you think Howard slips, delivered, the, mag- slips the magazine in one of the pizza? stops by the apartment to deliver 99 pizzas. Wait. Okay. Legitimately, did, did, have you, did you read the panel of him with that magazine? He says this magazine was under the pizzas. That's why there's a bite in that. Oh, my God. That, that magazine was slipped under a pizza. Wow. Okay, so that's actually wow. canon. Wow. So Howard snuck in. <laughs> that's actually and posed that actually, as a pizza delivery man. Uh, legitimately, in the in the panels, that is there. That is, yeah, the pizza man's there. Kind of looks like Howard, and a magazine was slipped under the pizzas. It's crazy how gaslit I feel. I guess because for the longest reading this issue, I was literally about to say, it doesn't feel like Howard did anything this time. He's just kind of a shadow over the entire story but if he's there like he he tricked us he tricked us into thinking he wasn't a snake in the wall as you say yeah no he is yeah i no, i i there's not been an example where wow i don't know if 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 i was constantly being told every day that this person is above me and i'm an idiot you know, I, I can't help but assume that guy's like planting seeds around me. And this, I mean, they actually have the evidence in this comic. It's, it's, is comic Howard a family man? Is he married or like real Howard is? Because I have to wonder, no. does his wife know? No. Or you think, yeah, he, or may, yeah maybe he's a, because the, the thing was, people have these sick problems, you know, they, they get good at uh, hiding it, you know? Yeah. He's got, he's got a rental uh, storage unit that he keeps all of his uh, equipment and tracking, you know, photographs and stuff of Nestor in like like in that first season of True Detective <laughs> that's where he watches messed up videos of Nestor uh, man i like embarrassing I'm just, himself in front of celebrities i'm genuinely sad you know when i was younger i i was excited at the concept of a of twists and turns in the world where it's like no it's not actually um you know, more uh, uh, abusive CEOs like men who abuse. You know, it, oh, it's not. It's not a bunch of like racist dickheads that caused this. It's uh, you know, like something complicated from technology. And then you get to that point. Certainly nowadays, where it's just like, no, it was it was racist dickheads again. And you're just like, God damn it! And you're just bummed. Yeah. Man. Yeah, that's. I mean, that is the that sad same thing. story note. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing is, like, that's people who are psychopaths, like Howard, the fake reality they present you is, is like, present, like, passable. It's like, oh, these are all coincidences. But when you're, when, yeah. you, when you finally say, look, it's probably not a coincidence. It's just, it's just sad. It's, it's just Howard again. It's yeah. just- Howard is a constant. And I, I think that, I mean, if I had to predict where things are going, and I feel really confident predicting this because the, We've been so good at nailing down like what this story we is and where it's actually going. Actually, weirdly are. But. Yeah, it's. I'm not sure it gets resolved. It can't get resolved, right? Because the I, comic has to continue. I think it ends with Howard, and we're, you know we've talked about how America is becoming very like okay with gore and things that are really gross, right? And so what I'm picturing is Howard cutting off Nestor's face and, and plastering it onto his own face. And wow! Saying, and he just Nestor, you can't leave me. You can't leave me. 
you can't leave me like in front of the mirror. Yeah, so he's like wearing his face, and that's how Nestor accepts the game tips. Oh, do you think Howard wins? I don't think Howard, I don't think either one gets what they want. Did you ever see Hellraiser? Uh, no, I have not. All right, well, I don't want to spoil Hellraiser, so we'll just leave it at that. Okay. There yeah. might be some face wearing in Hellraiser. Yeah, I don't know. I, uh, the only face wearing I know is, uh, I'm not a big comic book guy, uh, except for Howard Nestor, of course, but, uh, yeah. Well, yeah, I like I, Howard Nestor's. Like, I hope not every fucking comic is this dark. The Batman one, where the Joker loses his face and then he he plasters his own face back onto his face. Oh, I haven't read Did, that one. You know about that? No, it sounds great. Yeah, it's like honestly, like how do you make Joker more creepy? Rip off his face, then have him reapply his face to his. <laughs> I think a lot about the movie Face Off. Oh yeah, that's a classic. Oh, but, honestly, I could see a classic Nestor and Howard Face Off scenario. Uh, Honestly, that might be what fixes this a little Freaky Friday scenario. We already established. So in the first episode, we did say that what we wanted to see from Howard and Nestor is that each becomes more I, like the other. N- Weston, I think we are way past that first episode. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think. I don't think at this point. No, the, the magazine fulfilled on it. Both of them have become like the other. Yeah, I guess. I just at this point, I don't know what I want from the other ones. Like, I don't know what I want from Howard. I other than like to stop existing, and I don't know what I want from Nestor other than stop existing. I just want both of them to disappear. I, I, all right, here, here's what it is. Issue. What's the last issue of Nintendo power? This is how it ends. I'm going to, I'm going to call it right now. Get to get in early at issue seven. It's, uh, it's issue 283. And you think, you think Howard Nestor makes it throughout the whole. Yes. Howard Nestor never goes away. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, it makes it to the end. It's uh, 2012. The sun is burned out and died. The earth is a frozen husk. And uh, there's a single little cute uh, orb-shaped spaceship, like a Dragon Ball Z spaceship, with enough space inside um, for Howard and Nestor. And it's just uh, Nestor's on the ground unconscious, and Howard just hitting him over and over (laughs) with an aluminum bat. (laughs) (laughs) All right. I think that's probably going to be what happens, honestly. Yeah, yeah. I mean, what else would they do? It's not going to be – there's not a good end to this story i I'm, I'm i guess my only curious thing is they're clearly playing the same formula every time of uh howard just manipulating nestor uh and I'm, I'm curious to see okay so obviously howard is the man in the shadows he's the snake in the walls snake in the walls uh, i think that's our official term from yeah, now on if, yeah I, I think you called it i'm curious what the next move is because like that's his current move I just need this story to potentially evolve to the next level slash step. Yeah. Is what I'm going to need. I, so having read some 90s Nintendo P's, I have some ideas to where things might be going. And I just, I'm just going to tease you a little bit. I'm not going to say anything. Okay. Uh, hey, I have a question for you to maybe close this out. I don't know if you have anything else. Um, no, yeah, yeah. Give me that question. I'm ready to go. Do you think the Ninja Turtles like Nestor still? Or are they done with him? Because they seem, they don't seem happy with him at the end, but they got along so well. I, okay, here's what I would say. Okay. I would say, um, and you know, we're not sure if Nestor's actually a boy or a 26 year old man in a boy's body. So that, yeah. That's up, that's up in the air. But I'm going to say if someone sees a kid struggling on the streets, the slums, just trying to survive and like. There's a level of like I hope whatever families let him in do give him love and support and that you know love for a boy who's confused and abused isn't gonna always be on a timer. I know that's what Howard wants, huh? 
but that's, I, I, you know, I hope, and the thing is, I don't think it can happen. Like maybe, uh, you know, because Howard's always going to pull the strings to get, Howard is the snake in the wall. He's Count Olaf as well. <laughs> He's okay. also a bit of, have you read the series of unfortunate events? Yeah. At yeah. least the first, I, I guess the story that changes, but at least. I think Howard's far more capable than Count Olaf shows himself to be. Oh yeah, that's true. No. Yeah. Cause it's like, it's like if Count Olaf had the orphan brains and the orphan brains had, if the orphans had Count Olaf's brains is oh what this god. is. Oh my god. Oh my god. That's right. Which is a much darker story. Yeah. If you, if you take Lemony Snicket's A Series of Unfortunate <laughs> Events. And make the orphans idiots and make Count Olaf a cruel genius. Boy, that that really changes things, doesn't it? Yeah, that, that is what we are. That is the story of Howard and Nestor. Can you imagine the orphans, the bottle children? It's the bottle children, right? Because, I mean, if you think that story, it's just super uh, we have sad. We have to escape the attic we've been locked in, and they build a device that doesn't work. And when they fall outside, one of them breaks their leg, and Count Olaf is already there waiting for them with, with a, a giant birdcage to trap them again. <laughs> On paper, extremely sad. And if I could say, if I could say Howard and Esther is truly a fucking tragedy. It is, it is a sad, sad comic book. It makes me sad to read it. All right. <laughs> All right. Classified information. I, I I do want to say for the record, I want it to be true that the turtles would let him hang out again, but they don't like him very much. Yes. Yeah. That, that feels right. I agree. That's what that's what I do hope. I hope there is someone nice enough out there who. Oh, that's what you. Okay. I yeah, know what you're saying. That's now. what I was yeah, going yeah, for. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I guess. I was, and end of the day, I was going for that. I hope um, the turtles would be good enough to uh, want to take care of uh, an abused child. Oh, by the way, they also the turtles know who Nestor is in the comic. I, we didn't call that out. That seems interesting. Oh yeah, well yeah. I mean, because what I'm getting is like a uh, kind of a like I feel like Howard might have like an MTV show called uh, Pranks on Nestor. He's kind of like um, one of the minor characters on Jackass. <laughs> Where it's like, yeah, he gets to be on the show, but Howard will also figuratively and literally put him in a shopping cart and push him down a hill in San Francisco. Yeah, like it's it's one of like the punching bag characters of Jackass. Like it's all like, like Steve O, right? Yeah, like they're Steve-O's not Steve O's the one that gets beat up. Yeah. Well maybe not Steve O, because Steve O does that voluntarily. Does he? Is Nestor Steve? <laughs> <laughs> all right, we can move on. I just wanted to <laughs> Classified information. My name is Nestor, and I'm going to stick a lemon in my eye. Uh, I don't have any specific tips I want to call out here. No, no, not at all. The, uh, the counselors are really dragging the bottom of the barrel in this issue. Yeah, I got literally nothing. Hey, I, hey brother, you want to walk through walls? Yeah, uh, video shorts. I've also got nothing. I don't know if you got anything. Any game got called out that you um, like. I just want to point out they have a Sesame Street game in here, and they have illustrations of full-body Sesame Street characters, and I think that's disgusting. Like, I don't want to see Bert and Ernie's legs. Do you not see their legs in Sesame Street? No, they're puppets. Like, you see them from the waist up. It feels Puppets can have legs. Yeah, but only in, like, when you're lying to children about them being whole. Kermit has legs, right? Yeah, Kermit's different, though. Kermit's... He needs the legs so he can sit on the log and sing Rainbow Connection. 
I, haven't, I never really watched Sesame Street. Bert and Ernie shouldn't have legs. I think it's offensive. <laughs> all right, that's all I had for the Mu- <laughs> video um, shorts, though. The Muppets are cool, right? I fucking love the Muppets. The Muppets are awesome, right? I love the Muppets. I love Sesame Street. Unironically, <laughs> from the bottom of my heart, they're, they're the best. And then we've got oh my God. a big one, the Pack Watch. Here's what to look forward to. And it's not a just game. It's a system. It's the Game Boy. The game, original Game Boy. Game Boy. The nice thick brick. Did you ever see that picture of that Game Boy that was like bombed in Iraq in the Gulf War in the early 90s? So no. It's like all melted, but it still runs Tetris. Really? These things are just indestructible. Yeah. I mean, it's a full. Yeah. It feels like that. Like, what's the old like clam phone that's invincible and never runs out of battery kind of yeah, any, ring a bell? any of those old like the Nokia clam phones or the candy bar phones? Or, yeah. Yeah. The batteries. I don't ever remember charging my old candy bar phones no. from that era. Did the Game Boy have a good? I'm guessing the Game Boy didn't have a crazy battery life, but probably not bad. It was not probably I mean, better than the Switch. Infamously, in that era, you had the Atari Lynx, you had the Game Gear, so you had these full color backlit screen systems that it, would take like six batteries, double A's, and is, they'd go through them like this. Is the Game Boy the first though? Is, is this like the first handheld? So Nintendo had Game and Watch before, but those were like single. It wasn't yeah, exchangeable it wasn't like a cartridges. System, yeah. I think both Lynx and Game Gear. Game Gear might have been out after this. We should look it up. Right I, mean, I mean, Game Gear, to me, Game Gear had a lot better graphics than that. Getting to play some of these old games. Oh, Atari Lynx was September 89, so it came out a little after or around the same time as the Game Boy. Yeah. I speak. Uh, I would say an interesting thing for me for this right off the bat was they are advertising it as a not a portable game system, but a compact. Like their, their, their like word for portable was compact. Yeah, the language around it's very strange, and I think it's just a side effect of this being kind of the first round of cartridge-based handheld systems. Yeah. Because by the time you get to, like, the Game Boy Advance and the PSP and the uh, DS, like, in the 2000s, you've had so many generations of these where it's just like, yeah, it's a, ga- it's a handheld game console. Get it. Buy it now. Yeah, 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 yeah. Watch Spider-Man 2 on a, what's the name of the Sony discs that ran in the PSP? DV Rams. That's not it. <laughs> but I don't know. The Game Boy rocks, actually. I, I love the Game Boy. That's, they got some great games in the Game Boy. It still blows my mind that the Game Boy came out in 89, and then Pokemon hits eight years later and revitalizes. Oh, really? Yeah, because Pokemon was 97, I believe, the first red and blue. Did that run on the original Game Boy, or was that only Game Boy Color? They they released so the original ones just regular Game Boy. Really? They well, because re- to my memory, red when you played red, all of the pixels were red. Hmm. Then in blue, all the pixels were blue. Was, may- was that the Game Boy version of it? Was there like a version of the Game Boy that they there wasn't that color difference? Because so around the time Pokemon came out, they had the Game Boy Pocket, which mm-hmm. was a more compact Game Boy, <laughs> and uh, they also had a backlit Game Boy, like a compact Game Boy Game Boy re-release. It sounds like what you're describing is there may have been programming in the cartridge to if you plugged one of those uh, Game Boy tapes into a color, yeah, or, uh, or a Super Game Boy on the Super Nintendo. That makes sense because why would you? It, it was cool. It was like, oh, if I got red, it's all it's all the pixels are red, and if it's blue, right. it's all the, but that's not the best decision <laughs> of all time. That would make sense that, it, like, if they had the capability of color, why wouldn't they actually fully color it? But it makes sense. Right. The idea that you could put a uh, game in one system 
And then you put the same game into another system, but you get a more powerful version of that game. Yeah. That's a pretty neat idea. That's not ever, that's not a thing anymore. That is a real thing they did with later Game Boy stuff. Like when they put, I remember the Super Game Boy launched alongside a version of Donkey Kong that had better graphics, like full color graphics that would run on the Super Game Boy. And the Super Game Boy is the uh, Super Nintendo plug-in. Right. Wow, that's cool. Because normally what the Super Game Boy would do was it would take the four color tones and you had a bunch of templates where it would just change those colors to stuff that more or less works. So you would find what looked the best for whatever game you were playing. Yeah. What a strange time. Gunpei Yokoi. <laughs> Dude, what gave us the Game Boy? Thank you. Yeah, Game Boy's awesome. This is also an example of Nintendo for one of their first times going low technology, but kind of moving laterally with how they use the technology because that screen wasn't especially great yes uh it's not backlit it's not full color it's green and you know it's kind of there's a little bit of motion blur on it but that battery life was crazy and it's i mean it's freaking handheld come on and it had tetris which is can you imagine a game boy without early game boy without tetris yeah, that's great stuff. Yeah, there's nothing else in the pack watch though for me. Is yeah, they, they're hawking a bunch more bad controllers. Yeah, <laughs> but we don't need to usual. talk about those. <laughs> nice try, nice try, Nintendo. <laughs> and then we're hitting the thing. Uh, we got the first anniversary. It's the anniversary. We uh, made it through a year, which is here's what uh, out of the podcast of the uh, uh, of, uh, of the magazine. What's wild to me is we got Mario there. It's like. Uh, it's like, oh, it's the one-year anniversary. It's all this Nintendo Power stuff, and there's Mario. How is Mario not the mascot of Nintendo Power? How How is a little ratty boy named Nestor the mascot of Nintendo Power and not Mario? Mario's. Indeed. In this, like, celebration, it's just pictures of Mario everywhere. And that, like, makes way more sense than this made-up <laughs> kid. Do you agree, or, or do, do you feel like... Net, like Nestor is like the point of view of a child. Like it's kids being like, "Oh, uh, I'm a kid too." So here's my. Okay. I like this magazine. Here's my take. Mario is kind of like Tom Hanks. He'll do the movie with Steven Spielberg, mm-hmm. but Steven Spielberg does not own Mario or does not own Tom Hanks. Oh, so you think Mar- nobody like- tells Tom Hanks what to do? Okay, yeah, like Mario is above this. He's but he's- he'll stop by. He'll do yeah. Captain Phillips or whatever. Okay. Yeah. Actually, I, I respect that. I, I, I feel like also I could, I feel like we, we would be hitting Mario overload if he was. God, can you imagine how awful it would be to be sick of Mario? Okay. Hey, isn't I'm it? Swayed. You know what's weird? In 1989, we didn't know what Mario's nipples look like, and we know the, what they look like now. The nice little, nice little, Those droplets. Like little pink, pink circles. <laughs> yeah. That was. You know man. why? Because he's like 28. <laughs> <laughs> Those were young, uh, young man's nipples. I want to see the the Mario Odyssey model. That's the Bob Hoskins version of Mario, where he's I'm pretty hairy sure. and droopy. And <laughs> I'm pretty sure there's a lot of mods for Odyssey, Mario Odyssey. That's, yeah, give me the Bob Hoskins Mario I Odyssey. We, we could make that. Or the uh, Captain Lou Albano, because also in here we're talking about the Super Mario Brothers Super Show for the first time in the magazine. Swing your arms from side to side. Do, 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 do. They added lyrics to the level 1-1 one, one theme. Oh, did they? And they made Captain Lou Albano and whoever plays Luigi. This show's weird. Ha- have you ever seen this show? Uh, yeah, I think so. It's, it's the one where they start like 
li- they start like live action sitcom in like a pizza bakery, right? Yeah, or- it, it's their Brooklyn plumber's office or whatever. Oh yeah, it's not even a pizza. Pl- yeah, and and yeah, then they have like I, I've watched it. I always think like, okay, this is like a fun would be a fun show to watch like High or something. And then I yes. just never done it. That's wise. And then yeah. yeah, then they go to a cartoon, and it's a pretty normal Mario. Yeah, King Cooper and Mario and friends have <laughs> adventures. And then every Friday, uh, like we said earlier in the show, you get The Legend of Zelda and watch Link be a dickhead to Zelda. Um, Did you notice in this article that they explain why their dynamic is what it is? In in what way? So they point out they're trying to do Moonlighting, the old Bruce Willis show, before he got famous from Die Hard and started doing action movies. Yeah. Moonlighting was kind of a romantic comedy show that he was the male lead on. And they had a very bickering, it was like Sam and Diane on Cheers and stuff, where it was just like, rah, 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 and, and will they, won't they? And this, how's, how's that inspired? Is, is, is I, Mario I, and Luigi's I relationship guess, modeled off of that? Yeah, so apparently what happened all the time in Moonlighting is Bruce Willis would be a fucking asshole to the girl and then be like, well, excuse me, female character's name. Oh, so the, so you're not saying the Mario so uh, the Zelda the, the show Zelda show was yeah. oh oh okay well you know I'd also maybe like argue that like just uh, sexism was 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 uh, uh, affecting everyone <laughs> yeah this, how, how many years before this had uh, the movie Nine to Five come out I, I'd, I'd have to say if I watched a, a movie or show from the 80s or early 80s or before that. Uh, pretty much any time there's a uh, uh, male-female dynamic, the guy is just ripping on the fucking girl like crazy. Because how dare they? It was... <laughs> like, I, I literally... I think I went to the... Uh, uh, I was in Disney World, mm-hmm. and I went to, the, like, the like a really old exhibit of theirs. It was, like, the um, Innovations of Tomorrow and Tomorrowland. I think they, like, reopened an old ride, and it was literally, like, a ride where you were, like, in it, and it was, like, um, a bunch of, like, Pirates of the Caribbean-type automatronics like kind of telling a story of what tomorrow can be like and the husband was just railing on the wife the whole time (laughs) jesus and it was just so wild to be in disneyland and just hear this father who frankly i remember sounding like norm mcdonald just ripping this is on a ride yeah i gotta see this that's uh, crazy it was uh uh like i think laughing at like just the most wild, funniest thing I've ever seen because that did not belong in, <laughs> in a fucking theme park. I or thought you were going to say something like she's in the kitchen of tomorrow well, using I mean, the oven of tomorrow. I mean, that's pretty much what it was. I like, I, I'm, I'm going to assume this is my memory not being correct, but I remember there being a get back in the kitchen joke oh, no. from, from the father to the wife. The honeymooners, like, the, and wh- me just blowing up laughing because. How did they not update that? Like I like that was two thousand like eight or ten. How I just remember the whole time being like, how how they, is they did, took they took I think people the, forgot uh, that this existed. It was like this weird pocket that I got to go into of another time. Wow, it was wild. Did you ride Pirates of the Caribbean then? Yes. Had they done the change where in the original Pirates of the Caribbean, there's a rapey pirate chasing a lady and they switched the animatronics and so now the lady's yes. chasing the pirate? Yeah, no, I, I believe yeah. that probably, I'm going to guess that was before that changed. Uh, that seems like the more, ob- like... Yeah, that one's a little more... Ugh. The the rapey pirate? 
Rainbow Pirates, yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they actually that that is interesting. Like going back and watching like these old movies and shows and just seeing how rough that is. And it's somehow uh to me just it's a lot more silly seeing that same bullshit happen in Disney automatronic rides. Yeah. <laughs> absolutely. We're seeing the sexism flow in that direction, I guess. <laughs> also in here, Nintendo celebrates its 100th anniversary as a company. Congratulations. Hey, playing cards. Oh, dude. And I got I to gotta call out Michael Dorn is the celebrity profile. Lieutenant Worf on Star Trek. That's so awesome. <laughs> Freaking sick. Look at how young... I. What a baby face. I did not realize, because Michael Dorn, as an actor, you know, everything I watched him in, he had the wharf makeup on, so he had the ridged forehead and all. So he, every, everything you watched him in being just Star Trek? He's He's been in some other stuff, but like, yeah. He's I always mean, he's always a wharf. I mean. <laughs> he's like, all right, I'll, I'll, do, I'll do this uh, comedy drama. I'm going to be a wharf. He was in some other stuff, and... But, like, I definitely knew him primarily from Trek. And the other thing is, like, Lieutenant Worf was in most episodes of Next Generation. And then he went over to Deep Space Nine and did another fucking four seasons of that show. So you have, like, 11-plus years of Lieutenant Worf, hundreds of episodes of television. So that's why why my Michael Dorn stuff is so based on Klingon version of of his, his outfit. They say his name's Lieutenant C.J. Worf. That is not Worf's name. I don't... Oh, is, is Worf not the alien name? Is that just the character's name? Yeah, it, it should be. I mean, I don't know where they got C.J. Worf from, but that's just completely wrong. I have to wonder if this is the editor again, just inserting... Just dropping the ball. It's Lieutenant Worf. No, no, no. What's his full name? That is... It's Worf, son of Moog. I wonder if... I'm like, I mean, if I am thinking about it, like... Um, a magazine has a pretty tight turnaround. You have to make these. I mean, these are bi-monthly, right? Yeah. At this point, I don't know. They're going to go, they're going to go to monthly. Some are even monthly. And to make uh, almost a hundred pages of content every month. Can't get everything right. Yeah. I I can't imagine that's going to be like a clean product. That seems, this is also impossible in their defense. This is before, Star Trek The Next Generation really hit its stride. <laughs> those, those first two seasons of Star Trek TNG are pretty weak. And uh, that first one especially is quite bad. I, so, I'm, I'm not a big Star Trek guy. I haven't watched any of them. Uh, yeah, there's like little little bright spots in that season too. But yeah, like Next Generation becomes a beloved, like the That's most the, popular show on television at the end of yeah. its run. All right. Worf. Lieutenant C.J. Worf. The Worf man. We got a uh, another player contest that I think is uh, the right winning a winning a trip is the right way to do a contest. Oh yeah, hang on, we got a player pull contest. I agree. I think it's like the grand prize is a visit to Nintendo of America and uh, hours, maybe even a couple of days spent with Howard Phillips and game counselors. Which, okay, I got a couple. Uh huh. I mean, Howard, this looks like Howard is like, they have a, a cartoon 
of what this could look like and a little Howard is coming out of this. In front of of like a very boring uh, kind of suburban office complex. Yeah, but Howard's got a bit of a Willy Wonka vibe. Welcome to our... Like, can you imagine? These kids are for sure getting Willy Wonka'd. Like, one kid is going to become a blueberry. (laughs) Uh, One's going to get stuck in a chocolate river. Yeah. But Uh, but we already know a lot about the Nintendo of America offices from the Captain in uh, Captain Nintendo fiction, the two-parter. Yeah, which uh, has a decent amount of danger. I mean... Well, one of them is going to get exploded by microchips, apparently. Yeah, there's, apparently there's just microchips blowing up left yeah, and right. But instead of turning into a superhero, he's just going to uh, be maimed. One kid uh, is going to turn into Nestor. Oh, no. Yeah. Howard always wanted a real one Yeah, <laughs> to <laughs> call his own. <laughs> I think one of these kids um, gets trapped in the break room hearing stories from like the oldest game counselor. Yeah, I want five ways kids are going to die in this place. Okay. So what, microchip explosion. Microchip explosion turns into turns Nestor. Into Nestor. <laughs> What's the third? Uh, trapped with a game counselor who wants to tell him a great story that never ends. <laughs> hey, kid, you won't believe what was happening in the 60s in in Seattle. <laughs> it, was cra- it was crazy back then, kids. Know where you go and sit down. I said sit down. I think one kid gets... Uh, One kid gets crated up in an uh, arcade cabinet box and shipped overseas. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then one kid gets uh, kind of a goosebumps scenario, gets trapped in, inside of a magazine. Okay, he he becomes a, an illustration in a magazine. <laughs> this is great. I'm glad you caught that because uh, I'm sure we're going to find out in a couple of issues who got Willy Wonka because we're going to see the winners. <laughs> Hey, if you got second place, though, you just get a Game Boy, which seems like a better deal (laughs) than getting trapped and, and, like, dying in Nintendo. Yeah, than to get Willy Wonka. To get Willy Wonka, yeah. That's true. It really is, like, it's kind of like, uh, have you ever done those things where it's, like, a mini golf course, and you have to hit the ball, and there's, like, five divots, and Uh the fourth divot is the best one, Yeah, and the fifth is the worst. So, like, you want to hit to a point, but if you get... Slightly over that point, you get the worst ending, right? Absolutely. It's th- that's like a type of game, right? And, and you also don't want to get that third divot because the third place is just another fucking jersey. <laughs> <laughs> a, a Nintendo P jersey. <laughs> but you, come on, you want, you want that jersey. Okay, if I'm being honest, I, I wouldn't want to be Willy Wonka, but I would want to go to Nintendo of America and hang out at the office. That seems like a prize that I bet those kids actually enjoy. Oh, yeah, well, assuming they didn't die. Maybe I actually do think there's a level of like inherent disappointment there. Like, unless it really depends on how much they spruce up that trip. Yeah, I could see it because your imagination, as a, especially as a kid, is going to be way, way above what they actually have. So the really precocious kid with an absentee business dad is just going to like somewhere around lunchtime is just going to scream, this is just like where my dad works. (laughs) Yeah. Like, oh, come on, man. We got you a pizza party. Fuck this. All right. If anything, it's like a so it would be a good sobering lesson for these kids that uh, life can be a bit. Even a game counselor's life's kind of boring. Be careful about going to work for these companies because where the office space is cheap, is gonna, there's nothing interesting going on. <laughs> it's going to be suburban Washington kid. You don't actually want that. By the way, this contest has like the, uh, what's that, the Space Needle is the tower in Seattle. I don't think you can see that thing from Redmond. I don't know what you're talking about. Uh, that's the Seattle Tower, you know, in the Frasier logo. 
<laughs> you know the Frasier logo, oh, Brett? the Frasier logo. All right. Everyone's favorite TV show logo. I mean, I, I've heard Frasier's good. I've not seen it. It's all right. <laughs> all right. That's the end of the magazine. We made it. Finally. We made it. Awesome. Hey, thank you for listening. Uh, no, um, wait. We're not done yet. Really? We it's, have to give Howard and Nestor our ratings. Oh, yeah. That's like, that's, that's a big, um, <laughs> I, I, that's what I deserve. I forgot what the ratings. Uh, do you? Which, because I, I have Mike the ratings right what, off the bat. What are yours? Uh, Nestor, again, I mean, like, we've talked about what we want to see from these other people. At one point, I had an answer, and at this point, I don't. Hmm. And so I don't really see a future that, that I care about for these people. Uh, until I see that, Nestor is going to have to, unfortunately, sit at his usual one. <laughs> <laughs> I see. And I'm going to put Howard, I mean, I, I appreciate that he's the brilliant Count Olaf and, you know. Count Olaf, but not a moron. But. Wow. You know, I'm not seeing anything new. I, 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 I'm I going to put him at a three. This is why I gave Howard a zero last issue. Yeah. I was very upset with how bored I was with Howard. And yeah. I Yeah, I'm actually going to drop that to a two. All right. Yeah. I can influence your score by complaining. This is great. I didn't, right. I didn't know I could do that. That's, I'm, I'm going to lock them in, though. Nestor 1, Howard 2. Where, where are you at? I'm going to give... I think Howard deserves a 1 this time because he at least was trying a little bit. He's going through the motions and delivering the pizzas and stuff. Whereas last time, I was very frustrated by how dull I found his scheme. like His double identity suit? Yeah, that was just like... You know, this this time, maybe part of it's also that he's barely in it, you know? Actually, but, I mean, if you looked at last... Um, he's only in one panel. Last or, well, he, comic, uh, he was uh, pretending to be other people. He was doing, like, identity fraud. That's very Count Olaf. Hmm. I still stand by my zero rating for the last issue. Yeah, but... Because okay. I, I, that was a very emotional thing, and I don't want to, you know, like yeah, deny no, my feelings in the moment. Yeah, but, I agree. So, and your emotion is at a one right now. Mm, I don't know. When you put it that way, it sounds way more sophisticated. I guess I'll give him a zero again. <laughs> okay, yeah. That's, I, I can't, he, he kind uh, of, until I know more about just how involved he was in that scheme, it seems like he's very involved. I do have a question. Are we allowed to go in the negatives? I think we, we can do that after maybe like issue 10 or something. Okay, I, yeah. I feel like we need to spin up to it. We'd have to, we have to work our way there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, and then Nestor, I mean, if I'm being honest, he managed to escape whatever like basement Howard had him locked in. He managed to get on a bus. It's true. He, yeah. he managed to get into the slums and he managed to find another kind woman to hopefully get him into the foster care system. Although it doesn't look again, like it worked out this time. No, it's, it sounds like she's pretty fed up with him. Not even the need, like superheroes, the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles could save him from his... Think about uh, how much better after. off he would have been. So much better off going to Batman's place. Yes, yes, absolutely. Or Peter Parker. I mean, really, that was like the worst. The worst luck meeting April instead of Vicky Vale. Meeting April instead, instead of, of Mary Jane Watson. Yeah. Or Gwen Stacy. But you know, I I feel like Howard probably orchestrated who he meets. I think. I don't think it's Nestor's fault that he was a little piece of shit with the turtles and he lied to them a lot. I think that that because you know it's. I mean, his lie really. He so he he did the pizza lie. He did the pizza lie. The turtles loved the pizza. Yeah, 
I'm going to give him a four. You don't like that? No, no, that's fair. I, I, I agree. It's, it's really, do you sympathize with the little rat running, running through your room or do I'm, you? I'm surprised. Yeah. I'm surprised to say like, I'm okay with him for now. Uh, in the past I've not been, I remember siding with Howard a lot. Yeah. Cause I, Nestor was running scams and that's super lame. Totally. Yeah. It's, it, that's, uh, we saw him at his worst. Yeah. And the thing is now we're seeing him be, uh, merciful, mer- like with no mercy being, uh, uh, et- like eternally tortured. Yeah. And he's not changing, but I guess the only thing that like would make you like him more is if you feel bad for him for being tortured. When does Nestor realize what's happening to him and try to overcome, like persevere? When does Nestor realize it's like, oh, Howard's controlling my life? I mean, I think he's actually becoming at least more. I mean, he's at least clocked Howard as a uh, as a scary person like he's on the run he he is is afraid of him and he is at at all times saying howard please please know howard please know howard please know howard which literally happens in this uh, in this issue uh so the very least he's he knows howard is a more malicious tool than he originally understood he knows he's dangerous and he knows that he shouldn't be around him which is like a big that's a big step. You know what? I'm going to change my score. I'm going to give him a 4.3. Wow. All right. Keep it up, Nestor. I really, until, I feel like they both still aren't, you know, it's, 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 like, it's like genius as Howard is. Right. And is, but he's still not getting what he wants. He's still not getting full complacency and, and uh, obedience from Nestor. Yeah, but he, he might. At, we'll see. We'll see who wins. I mean, if he cuts his face off and wears it and pretends to be Nestor and does everything. That doesn't count. Is it when? Or do you think it does? Is Nestor alive or dead after Certain, face yeah, cutting? Certainly closer hmm. than he is now. All right. I think, I think we're set. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Listener. Yeah, I'm genuinely inter- invested in this Howard and Nestor story. I, I can't believe it. I want I can't wait for the Do you ever see the movie Saw? Yes. I want to see some Saw. I wouldn't be surprised. When did Saw come out? Oh, like 2001 or something. So we got we got a couple years. Yeah. But I can see a Saw crossover when that when that movie's hot, hot off the presses. The Now You're Playing with Podcast podcast is brought to you by the Podcast Power Players Power Team. Music by Games Cameron. Find back episodes, send us emails, and do cool stuff at our website, nowyourplaying.com. It's your with an E, because we know how to do grammar. Because it eventually becomes just nester, right?